0: Amen. How you guys doing? You doing good? Yeah. Everybody's team won yesterday. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, cowboy fans. Jesus still loves you, I think. Um, (laughs) As long uh, I can't say it because we got some people that are cheering for them today. So we'll pray for everybody, and it'll be really hard for me to to somewhat pray for the Patriots because I just I, I don't know. When they're that good, I mean, come on. It's like it's like praying for Alabama. Who cares? So uh, (laughs) before I offend anybody uh, with sports talk, I want you to grab your Bibles. I want you to open up to Luke chapter 10, and uh, we're going to be hanging out there today, and uh, we're starting a new series these, uh, these next three weeks, and I'm really excited for for this year because I I think this is the most organized I've ever been in my life, right? I I don't get organized for like tomorrow. (laughs) It's like I like living freely and flying like a bird, right? But like the the team and everybody's like, you got to get organized, right? We want to know what's coming up. And so I I took some time to pray and seek God and and, and we actually sat down and did a calendar prep for entire 2019. And it, it scares me because it's like, I'm like a rule breaker, and when I see something written, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that right then, because I think I can change it. And so, but we planned out all of 2019, and so we've got some really cool things. I'm super excited. We, we planned when we're going to do baptisms, baby dedications, um, when we're going to do family fun days, and we changed up a lot of stuff with the chili cook-off event uh, this year, and uh, we know that Mr. Jay Reed back there is holding strong with his plaque of 20, you're your 2018 and 19 champions, so you got to hold that next year. And uh, you never know if we could get some home run hitters. And, uh, but we, we just, we're planning a lot of cool things. And so I'm super excited for this. But this series that we just started is something that's it's re- really near and dear to my heart because this kind of screams community. And I don't know what you call this, if you call this church, if you call this a place of worship, uh, whatever you want to call this. I call this a community of people doing life together. I know it sounds really long, but that's how I look at it. We're, we're a community, we're family. It doesn't matter where you're from, how old you are, what race, or, 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 or anything. We are a family and a community right, with one heartbeat, and that heartbeat is to love Jesus and love its people, amen? And so I'm super excited for this series, because this series is entitled Better With You, because I truly, truly, truly believe that we are better with you, right? You can you, you can see it when, when people buy in and they're invested and they're serving God, and they one week they get sick or they're traveling, That, that just the thought of that we are actually better with you is, is we actually miss and there's a missing spot when you're not here. Like, like when, when we're all together and we're all loving people, I'm not trying to guilt people into coming to church. I'm just saying that when we have a heart to serve God, we are truly, truly better together than we all are apart. Amen. I love a quote that, that Nick shared a few weeks ago. And, it, and it, says, it says this. I don't want to butcher this. It says, if you want to go, f- go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. What, what that kind of shows me is this. Listen, you weren't created to do life alone. The Bible screams it. That's why it, it, the Bible talks about uh, us marrying a, 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 our significant other and two become one. And it, we, we become one so that we can be a community with the, the, the tri- me, my wife, and Jesus. We're all serving. And, and, and that's the thing. We are all created to do life together. Right? This is, Jesus broke bread with people. Jesus ate and slept and drank and went with people. And, and I think this is something that we need to mirror back in our own lives. And we are truly better with you. So I, I truly believe if you want to go farther in 2019, if you want to see more stability in your life, grab somebody who's like-minded and like-hearted and travel with them. That's right. That's right. Travel with them. Don't do life alone. So if you have your Bible still open, Luke chapter 10. I am super sad because this is one of the first times I've ever preached without my Bible. I left it at my office and couldn't get the chance to go back there. So we've got these New Testament Bibles back there. If you don't have one, go grab one of these. These are perfect little grab book, but we're going to read a story that I think some people might be familiar with, and, 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 and I, I love this story because it's, it's kind of controversial, it kinda, it's, it's dramatic. Um, Jesus tells a story in this to kind of challenge somebody who's trying to challenge him, and, and I love this story because it, it kind of talks uh, and opens up our eyes to what we're really supposed to be doing here on earth, right? That when I read the gospel, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to challenge my thinking and challenge my living. Like if you walk out of here and you're not challenged to change or challenged to do something different, then I don't think you interpreted the Bible or the gospel or what it's all about because God came to not let you live complacent in where you're at. He came to challenge you he came to 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 confront you and he came to kind of push you to do something different and so this story this story pretty much just calls out some people this story kind of switches the mold it kind of shows people like, oh, I didn't think that would happen and and so this 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 story back in the day would have dropped the, the jaws of, of the Jewish people when Jesus told this story. And so if you have your Bibles, open up and we'll put up on the screen if you don't have it. Luke chapter 10 and verse 25, it says this, a Behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, and looked to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? the lawyer answered and he said you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself and he said to him you answered correctly do this and you will live verse 29 i love this part if you have your bibles open i want you to underline this because i we'll come back to this phrase quite a bit today and it says this but desiring to justify himself he said to jesus well, then who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. He says this. Jesus says that as a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among some robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. And I love this part. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road. Thank God there's a priest coming down the road. Oh, but, but wait. But wait. But wait. Thank goodness there's a priest, right? Thank goodness there's a church on my block. But, but what happened? And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite. Oh, thank God there's a, there's a student leader coming right behind him. There's, there's some, I, I, the priest must be busy. He's probably got priestly things to do. He's probably got some appointments or he's got to spend some time in prayer. So thank God that he sent his helper, the Levite, to come help. Because he, he will for surely help me, right? Because this is what they're supposed to do. And it, and it says this. When he came to that place, he saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, but a Samaritan. Let me, let me just stop because that, that phrase might flip right over your head. You might go, oh, great. Thank God for the Samaritan. No, see, here's the thing. Jewish culture despised the Samaritans. You want to talk about racism? I truly believe there's still, racism exists it, 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 full force. Yeah. It's, it's undeniable, right? But you want to talk about racism was... The Samaritan and the Jewish couple, they, they, there, there was so much tension between these two. They believed this is how we do things, this is how we do things. They literally, the Jewish people looked at the Samaritans as, as kind of like inbreds. They, they looked at them like, what, what happened to you guys? And so, so the, the, this right here shows the, the contrast of, oh, thank God, a priest, a, a Levite, but the Samaritan, for sure he's going to pass by because why would he help me? They hate us. But I love this because he goes on, he says this, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And we saw him, he had compassion. I want you to underline that or write that down. Compassion, it's a a strong word. We're gonna dissect it here in a minute. Verse 34, he says, and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him into an inn and took care of him. And for the next day, he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him, and whatever you spend, I'll repay you when I get back. And then he asks, Jesus comes back from his story, and then he looks at the, ruler, the, uh, the lawyer, and he asks this question again. He says, he says well, then guess what? Who, who of the three of these do you think proved to be his neighbor? And you want to see how, how, how big the divide was, or the racist remark was? He couldn't even answer with the Samaritan. Look, look what he says. he says. He says, the one who showed mercy. He, he couldn't even say the word Samaritan. He couldn't even say, yeah, you're right, it was that guy, the Samaritan. No, he said the one who showed mercy. He, he didn't even have the, you know, he just ate some humble, humble pie right there, and he couldn't <laughs> even have the, the ability to say the Samaritan. And you ever just been proven wrong? Like, let's say you're, you know, you're a kid, and your parents say, don't do this and don't do that. You're like, be quiet. I know what I'm doing, right? And then, and then like, that night you realize he was right. And then you walk back in and he's looking at you waiting for him to say that. Like, yeah, you were right. This is that moment, right? (laughs) Well, who's my neighbor, Jesus? And then Jesus is like, oh, I'll show you who your neighbor is. (laughs) It's the neighbor you're not going to like. And he can't even say the word. Can, Can I just stop right there and say, can we get to a point in our life where we can take criticism the right way? And when we actually get confronted and, con- and contradicted to some things of our beliefs, that we have the, the, uh, the strong will and the desire to not just be right all the time, to understand that sometimes we're wrong, and sometimes our views on things are wrong, and sometimes we can be teachable. So can we get to a point where even though that contradicts our beliefs and contradicts what we believe uh, of people, we can still get to the point that says, you know what, if Jesus is trying to teach me a point, I can still believe it, even if I can't say it. So the Samaritan, the Samaritan showed the mercy. The Samaritan was the one who, and then I love this, and Jesus said to him, well, then guess what? Go and do likewise. Go do it. That goes back to the last, our, one of our final scriptures, one of the final verses and topics we talked about, about leading with action. We, we read this in James 2.17, and we read in that message version, it says this. Listen, if you talk a good talk, you had all the God talks in the world, but no God actions, what are we doing? Like if we come here and we celebrate Jesus and we, like, we get goosebumps up our arms and we're like, Jesus, I love you, thank you. And then we go out there and we see somebody in need and see somebody who, who, who demands compassion and we feel it and we walk by the other side, then what are we doing? What are we doing? If you go home to a house and you're living with people who don't know the message of Jesus and you are just content with going to bed every night and not caring about their soul, what are we doing? If you work with people, who you know don't have a relationship with Christ, and you go to work to get paid nine to five and get your 40 hours a week, and we don't even worry about their souls, what are we doing? Let's stop crossing to the other side and let's start crossing right to them. Whether you like them or not, whether you believe uh, in what they're doing, guess what, Jesus loves everybody, and the foot of the cross was completely level. You weren't sitting any higher than that person that you decided to cross by on the other side to. Let's get to a point in our lives where we start moving with compassion. Stop running away from the things that God's wanting you to pull you back into. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, and we thank you for these next few moments, Lord, that we will begin to understand what you mean by this, Father, who our neighbor is, Father. I pray right now, Lord, that you open up our ears, Father. We want to hear you so clearly in 2019, Father, that when you tell us, to go do something, go love our neighbor, go do something. Father, we, we, we just answer it and do it without even hesitation, Father, because we're so in sync to your voice and what you want us to do, Father. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's one thing that I've learned, and, and this is, if you read this story, that I love the first part of this, right? Because, because this lawyer was looking to challenge Jesus, Can I just tell you that nothing good comes out of that statement? Nothing good comes out of, oh, yeah, you you want me to do this? Well, I'm going to do something else, Jesus. (laughs) Nothing good comes out of that. Like, here's the thing. You want a sure, positive way to make sure that God just sits there and says, I'm not doing anything else until you do that? Then make this statement. God, I will never. God, I'll never do that. Can I prove it to you? Listen, me and me and Emily, this is gonna be embarrassing, but we got a lot more embarrassing things to come because uh, 2019 is the year of being real. <laughs> and we're gonna open up and I'm gonna be completely vulnerable. But you're gonna low a little bit more of this uh, next next month in February when we on our Be Mind series. But me and Emily, we had a rocky road through our through our relationship as kids, right? We were we, we knew each other, I was best friends with uh, With Jason all my life, we lived in the same neighborhood, and so it's a whole other story when I had to go ask Jay if he was cool if I could date his sister, because he looked at me like, is that especially talking to, to, to Mike, her dad, that was, he's like, I don't think you can marry her. That's weird. Like, aren't you like related? And it's like, <laughs> uh, we'll say that for a later topic. But, but so I, I remember like our dating thing and like, we were super immature. We probably shouldn't have dated for a very long time, like until we both grew up. But during our process of dating, man, we, no lie, broke up and dated about six times, like six times. And it was like, it was like one of those, I was a super emotional kid at that time. And so I was one of those like criers, like she broke up with loser, right, and I'd punch my steering wheel and cry and snot, and so it was always her breaking up with me, right, because I'm perfect, like, I wouldn't break up with her, I loved her, right, and so she kept breaking my heart, and um, you could tell your story during worship, I got the mic now, (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, so we were, so we broke up and dated like six times, and and I remember making this statement to God, And, and after every time we'd break up, I was like, God, just Take all the feelings away for, that I have for her, God. I don't want to think about her. I, don't even, I, I might not even be friends with Jason because he's related to her. Like, I don't want to do, I, I'm done, right? Every time my path would go right back to that spot. And I'd say, God, I will never date her again. I said that six times. Look, look at my track record here, okay? <laughs> I will never date her again. And we ended up the last time completely getting married, completely like serving God together on point, Right? And and I say that to to say even this, right? Through that process of us breaking up, I thought that was the most embarrassing story of my life, right? She broke up with me and took somebody else to prom on the same day. It it hurt my feelings, right? I still have the white tie that I've never worn to prom, right? This is me. This is free counseling session right now. I'm getting it all out here, right? We're going to be real in 2019. Here it is. I might wear that tie next week, right? And so (laughs) finally we get some use out of it. And so... But like through this process, I, I made those statements. God, I will never date her again. And then what happened? We dated. And I remember making this statement again. God, we will never talk about this ever again. We will never talk about our ups and our downs. We'll never talk about our pains. And guess what happens? We start a college ministry, and all we talked about for six years was dating. <laughs> you want to talk? You want to get to the heart of what college people are thinking? Dating and relationships and What's to do on Friday night? And so uh, it's like, th- this is what, th- like, we ended up talking for six years about this thing. And I made that statement. God, I will never talk about this. And God's like, okay, you, you said that, but I'm going to make you do it. <laughs> and, then, and then I remember saying, God, I will, you know, some of you found this out for the first time, I will never speak in front of people. I don't even like people that much. And God says what? Boom. You're actually going to do it. I just think, man, when in your life have you ever looked God in the eyes and said, I'll never do something? And you challenged him. And I love how Jesus works because in this story, he could have just like flat out like said, like, dude, you're going to do exactly what I'm going to lead you to do. But he takes him down this road in this story to kind of show him, guess what? What you're going through, the things that you're trying to justify, the things you're trying to change, I can actually use those things to help somebody else in your life. I can use what you're going through, that pain. See, this is what I strongly believe, and I'm starting to learn this more now than ever, is that the struggles and the pain that you're currently going through now aren't just made for you. The things that you're going through, the struggles, the the ups and downs of of life, and the ups and downs of, of, of your feelings and your emotions, yes... They are there and you can't just hide them and you can't just cover them up. And I want to be a place where we come in here and we feel so safe to say, you know what, hey, this is what I'm going through. I'm human too. I deal and when you cut me, I bleed just like you. And we're going through the same things. And when we open up like that, I think we kind of level the playing field and people go, you know what, what I'm going through, I guess I'm not that crazy. And so I'm just crazy enough to believe that if you take 2018 or 2019 and just spend the rest of the time trying to justify what you're going through to God, then you're just going to be just like this this lawyer, just trying to challenge Him in everything you do. God, I will never do this. And I, I who, well, if you want me to do this, well, then who is this and what is that? No, God. God really wants to use what you're going through today to help somebody else get up to help somebody else stand up and continue to walk. And the underlying message of this, this whole story, is, is literally not caring about what you're going through, but caring about the needs and the, and the people that are around you. Yeah. And I want to point out three characters, and then at the very end I'm going to point out two, two characters at the end that I think we can all relate to. But I want to, I want to point out three characters in this story at the beginning that I think are kind of a mindset that we can have. This is a mindset of these three characters in the story that I think a lot of us on any given day can do a check in our souls and our spirits to go, am I thinking and acting like this? The first one we read, and and, and I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but we talked about is is, is the story of of the priest. And I love this, and I I love how Jesus uses this terminology when he says, now by chance. I think he's kind of like calling out that religious spirit. That calling out that, that mindset of saying, Guess what? The only time anything good in this world can get done is through a person. Can I tell you that this screams at the top of the lungs that you don't have to have a title, a tag, a degree to be used by God? Because he's like, Hey, by chance there was a priest. Woohoo! I could, like, I could only imagine. The dude beat up. He's, he could barely see. He opens up his eyes and he sees the dude and he's like, Oh, dude, that's a pastor. Thank God you answered my prayers. Wait, where did he go? Right? Where, where did he go? He, his job is to care for me. I think, man, and, and, and this is, that mindset is, is this thought of I'm called to do this and I can't do anything else but this. Like, th- th- this was the heartbeat of our church when we first launched. We, we, we got in the, the pits and we were grinding out stuff and making sure things got done. And, and, and I remember God in this moment, he, he, he kind of like grabbed my face like my son does to get my attention. He grabbed my face and he looked. And I remember he's like, eyes. I remember this like it was yesterday. He's like, eyes. And, the second you make eye-to-eye contact with anybody, you've got their attention. I remember God just, my eyes were closed, and, and I remember looking right at it and I'm just like, God, what, what are you trying to say? And, he, and I remember this so clearly. I, I felt him was saying, don't get so busy trying to be a church that you forget to actually become the church. Wow. Like, Don't get so caught up with making sure this is set up and that's set up and this sounds good that you actually forget the function of a church. See, this priest was so caught up that everything he had to do was at this building. Everything he had to do, I have to get to this church because I have responsibilities for people. And what did he do? He passed by a perfect opportunity to actually be the church, to go to a church. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have a mindset that everything that I have to do and we have to do is right here. And we're currently driving to church, passing by people who need it more than you. Who need it more than you? I, I'm, I'm knowing right now. I can see it in your eyes. People are starting to already think about people in their lives who they pass by, who they walked past, who they turned their backs on for things in their life that they thought were more important. Can we make sure we don't get to a point in our lives where we get so caught up with doing that we actually forget to stop and love people? Love people. I love it. He answer, that's the thing I think is so funny about this statement. The lawyer answers correctly in this thing. He says, it's to love you with everything about me, and then to love my neighbor like myself, and then it's almost like, you know, when you say something, and you spit it out, and you know it's the truth, but it kind of contradicts how you're living, and you're like, oh, oh, I should have said that. (laughs) By me saying that, that means I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm just not doing it, so let me take that back, and so he tries to justify, well, uh, well, Jesus, who's, who's really my neighbor? Is it? Do I really got to love that guy who who just parks on my lawn and and he he takes his trash cans out like three days before he comes? And and they're always having parties and and their house smells like, do do I have to love them too? Yeah, you got to love them. Do I got to love that person who who, who talks junk about me and and, and spread lies about me? Yeah, you got to love them too. And, And I love this because Jesus says, guess what? Your neighbor, it's anybody who needs me. It's, it's, it's the Samaritan, it's the one that you think, man, we don't even connect, we're, 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 we're so far apart. Yeah, that guy too. And Jesus in this moment is like trying to get our attention saying, guys, 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 if you think the whole point of this is just living the life for yourself, you're missing the big picture here. It's not about me, it's not about I, it's about you and people. Yeah. we got to fix our attention to that and understand that we can live this life getting so caught up and so busy that we actually forget to do what God's called us to do, love people, love people. I hope our prayer every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday is to open up our eyes and say, God, my prayer today is that you show me somebody who needs what I've got. I I pray that you give me an opportunity to love my neighbor today. Like, can can we try that? Can you write that down in your notes? Can you type that in your phone? Can you wake up tomorrow and your prayer be God, use me today and make sure that I am aware of who I need to help get back up on their feet? Now, that's a lot of prayer, but you just, you just write down. Summarize it. But just be asked God to use you tomorrow in a way that you've never been used. Tell him to open up your eyes. Tell him to not let you give yourself an excuse of why you can't do something. The second thing is the Levite. And I love this because the Levite, the Levite is, is this spirit that I, I believe is that I'm not qualified to do it. Right? You ever felt like that that, that, that you're not good enough or there's somebody else better than you that could do is better? I love this because the, the priest has is, 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 is already walked past them and the Levite is someone who's just supposed to help the priest. And I can, I can picture myself in this situation, the Levite sitting here going, Wait, well, I, I can't do what he's supposed to do. And I think some of you today have stopped opportunities and stopped things that God wanted to do through you just because you didn't feel like you were good enough to do it. That you didn't have the, the needs or the abilities to make some things happen. Can I tell you everything that that God wants to do through you you already have inside of you like you don't got to qualify yourself up you don't got to I haven't read through the whole bible I haven't done all this I haven't I haven't done this this and this Uh, guess what there's not a requirement list for obedience there's not a checklist that you have to cover to 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 do what God's tugging at your heart to do and so why don't we stop trying to convince ourselves that somebody else would be better at it and just obey when God gives us an opportunity. Amen. I don't want to ever get to a point where my only job is just to serve a dude that lives here on earth. I want to serve Jesus. And when Jesus tells me to do something, I want to do it. The Levite. The third is, the third is obviously the greater of all of these. <laughs> it's the Samaritan. And what I love about this Samaritan, and, and I, I want to point out three parts of this, this Samaritan because this is obviously Jesus really trying to show us that, man, if you're not living this way, then I think he got this whole thing wrong. If you, if you don't understand what the Samaritan did in this, in this story and you're not living it out the way he did, then, then I don't think we're really paying attention to how we're supposed to live in this. And the first thing that I love about this is that, that it says that he had compassion. He had compassion. And I'm going to butcher this word. And, and, and probably multiple times, but the word for this in, in, the, in the Greek is spalagnisomehi. And, 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 and this is what it means. It means to be moved as to one's bowels, hence to be moved with compassion or to have compassion. It's this gut feeling. And I don't know if you've ever had this, this gut feeling and in something inside of you that's pulling you and demanding. You get butterflies in your stomach. You're like, I know that I know that I know I'm supposed to do something. That's, that's it. That's to be moved with compassion. This, this, it's, 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 you're walking, and it's like there's a, 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 a Jesus has got a spotlight over this thing, and he's got two arrows pointing at, and he's like, "Hey, do I got your attention! Like right here, this is what—it's a perfect opportunity." And, I, and, and let's be real—I'm I'm gonna be real with you, right? 2019, being real—I I always try to convince myself that it's a coincidence, right? I can't even tell you how many times in, in publics I've, I've, I've felt this this move with compassion to do something for the person in front of me or the person behind with me. And I'm like, God, you know I don't have cash. <laughs> right? Like, Let's be real. There's just I, I can convince myself, well, well they, don't want, they don't want me to talk you know, to them. They don't want me to do this. We, we do this. I think there's sometimes we only carry cards for this exact reason. <laughs> because you know God's like, hey, I want you to bless that person. Well, God, I only got a debit card. I only got Apple Pay today and they don't have a transponder in their pocket, so I can't pay. You know, it's like, no, like I honestly believe that God is begging us to get our attention to say, guess what? I want you to be so moved with compassion that you can't do anything else but what I'm asking you to do. Like, I want you to be walking and stop. And, and I love this, and, it, and I know it might sound gross, but the, 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 to be moved to one's bowels, like, that, that just put that picture in your head. And it's just not like, oh, I have to do this, right? It's like, you go, you go to Gators, you eat all you can eat wings. It's like, I got to go to the bathroom, right? It's, it, that might sound gross, right? But we were real. It's that... It's that urgent that God's trying to get your attention. Like, hey, listen, just as bad as you got to go sometimes, you've got to do this. Like, I want this to be so life or death that, like, literally, if you don't, destruction's going to happen. That you have to move towards what God's calling you to do. He's dragging you to it. That there's something turning on the inside of you that you know that you know that it's not a coincidence. This is God's getting your attention. To not cross over the other side but to move towards what he's wanting you to do. The second thing that I love is, is, is he says he, he took care of him. He took care of him, And I love this. And, and this, this, this might, this is that, that thing that Nick was talking about, right? That this, this might kind of ruffle your feathers a little bit. But I love this story. If you read this story, it, it, it's almost if, and tell me if you think this way too, the Samaritan was prepared for this, right? Like uh, he, he had bandages, he had ointment, he had extra money for this exact circumstance. It's almost as if he knew that God was going to use him that day, and so instead of just living a life free and I'm going to do this, he was prepared for the move of God. He, he, he was ready to be used by God. He, 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 was, he was in his word, he was praying, he understood that, man, I, you know what, today's the day God's going to use me today. I'm going to help somebody get back on their feet. So I'm going to make sure that I have more than enough. I'm going to make sure that I have some ointments. I have some bandages. Because guess what? I'm praying that I'm praying that God picks me today to help somebody get up. If, if, if we got to a point in our lives, we walk out that front door, even going to work, that we were ready and prepared to be used by God. We wouldn't have excuses. God, you know I don't have money. You know I don't have this. You know I don't have time. Well, I wish we get to a point where we carry extra cash, that we, live fi- we, we leave 15 minutes early to work because they're like, man, I, I'm praying there's an opportunity for me to pray for somebody in, in the hallway or to stop and buy somebody food. Like, I, I'm just, I'm praying. I'm praying that we get prepared to take care of people, to love on people. Not in your name, not in the church's name, not in any other name, but say, hey, guess what? Jesus loves you. And I'm going to be an agent to show you the care that he wants to give to you. The third thing that I, I love in the story is, and this, this, this is gonna hurt, so, so definitely get ready for this. It's gonna cost you something. It's gonna cost you something. It, it, it is, it's, it's worth it. It's worth every penny. It's worth every moment of time that's spent doing something. It's, it's gonna cost you, and guess what? It also might cost you some emotional feelings. Because you know what I love about this story, and, and, and you can go back and read this today, because I'm I'm not gonna read it again. But did, did you hear any moment in any part of that story where the traveler wrote a thank you card, got back up on his feet, and, and went to the Samaritan and said, Hey, thank you so much. No, sometimes you doing something, you'll never get thanked for it. Sometimes you doing something, you'll never get a pat on the back. Sometimes you'll never get credit. Sometimes people won't ever be appreciative of what you did, but can I tell you, if you're doing it for a thank you, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're doing it for a tweetable moment, like if you like got your $5 out and your selfie at the same time, you're like, hey, smile. Huh, like, I'm compassionate. You're doing it wrong. God didn't say take selfies to promote how good you are. He says let your life show that. Let, let your life be the story. You don't need Instagram story to tell how compassionate you are. I want you to let your living be the story that shows how much you love Jesus. Like, what if that was like? Let's stop socializing and showing the world. Like, let's let's just just give God all the credit. Yeah. Let's just say, you know what? I'm gonna give this money, and I'm not even gonna let that person know that I'm doing it. I don't. I, I just want them to have. I just want them to have a God wink. Like God, just like God, looking down. I'm saying, I got you back. Like that's the mindset we gotta have going through this. Is that guess what? There might be a time where you're not gonna get a pound in the back from someone here. There's going to be a moment you do something, and you're like, man, that would be so cool. If people knew about it. And you just got to be content with understanding that nobody might know what you did. And if that changes the, the passion you have to do something, then you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong because compassion is going to cost you something, and it's going to mean that you actually care about people. And when you just care about people and you have compassion to move towards things and not walk the other way, you don't need an army and a crowd of people to pat you on the back. You know that God's looking down saying, good job. You did what I said. On to the next one. On to the next one.
1: And see, here's the thing.
0: The more you do, the more you're trusted with the little, God's going to give you more. Because he he knows if I can get it through you, I can get it to people. He has got no problem blessing you. He's got no problem hooking you up. He's got no problem multiplying your life and your things and your resources. But he's not doing it so that you can live in big houses and big cars. I'm all for that. Go buy whatever you want. But God's really concerned with, can I get it through you? Like, Can I give these resources to you so that you can help people get back on your feet? Can you bless people? I, I honestly believe like, we're gonna see a move of God where just God's just raining down resources and giftings in people because he knows that he can trust people to walk towards situations instead of away from them. You wanna see big moves of God, it's gonna take people completely content with not getting thank yous, not getting pats on the backs and understanding that what I've got it's not mine. It's his. And he just wants to get it out of my hands into people's lives. And that includes not just resources, it it really includes what you're going through. The struggles you're going through. Man, my marriage sucks. Well, guess what? A lot of people's marriage sucks. But if you can show people that you can still love Jesus and work together to restore what you're going through and show people that wow, you can love Jesus and still have a broken marriage working it out? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that happens. Because here's the thing, when we just publicize, hey, you love Jesus, you got a great marriage. You love Jesus, you live in a big house. You love Jesus, you got perfect kids. The, the, the kids in reality, the people in reality who look at that and go, I'm never going to get that way. Wow, and then what happens? They walk away from the whole thing. Because they feel like, I'm never going to amount to this. See, but when we open up and say, guess what? I bleed too. I've got crazy kids too. Yeah. Me and Emily argue just as much as you guys do. She just wins most of the arguments. <laughs> <laughs> like we we real. We, we're real. Right? Because what does that show you? Oh, I'm normal. I'm normal. And if he can help somebody get up, if he can help somebody do, get back up on his feet, then I can too. I can still help somebody being broken. I can still help somebody being hurt. I can still help being somebody picking somebody up when I need the help myself. And that's the reality of being the good Samaritan. Him walking towards that guy, he knew he wasn't going to get pound on the back. He knew there was racial tension between the two, but what? He put all that aside, and he saw the heart of someone who needs it, and he walked towards the heart, not the person. Can we just walk towards the heart of somebody and stop focusing on the people? Can we just look at what really needs to be done and stop focusing on, oh, is this going to be publicized? Let's love people, church. Let's love people and not love to post things on social media. Amen? All right. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with these two people that... I really think God's trying to awaken us up, and, and these are two people. I need the band to come back up. We're gonna wrap this thing up and be out of here before 11:30. What? We will definitely beat the Baptists to the buffets. I don't even know if anybody goes to buffets anymore, but but there's two there's two people in this story, and and, and here's my thought. <laughs> Jesus told stories, and he didn't put names on a lot of things, and he didn't. He didn't call out certain things because I, he wants you to relate to them. He wants you to put you in the story. He wants you to personalize it. He wants you to read this story and say, you know what? I could be the Samaritan. He, he wants you to look at this and go, I, 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 there are moments where I was the priest. And there are definitely moments sometimes where I don't feel like I'm worthy enough. And I'm like the Levite." But I look at this story sometimes, and, and I don't know if you've ever done this. But I read these stories, and I, and I read the Samaritan goes, and he, he spends money, and he pours oils and wine, and he puts bandages on, and then he gets off his donkey and puts the guy, and he's taking care of this guy. And I look at this, and I go, man, that's so perfect. Like, I don't know if I could do that all the time. I don't know if I could do that. I, 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 maybe I could hit two out of the three. Maybe, maybe I could you know, help him get back on his feet, but I don't know if I can do all of it. And we look at this sometimes when we read these Bible verses. I don't know if you do, but I do this. And I go, I really wish I could do that. I really wish I could, I could be that Samaritan. But too many times in my life, I don't feel like the Samaritan. I feel like the traveler. The guy that just got jacked up in the face, completely robbed, just laying there on the side of the road, butt naked, and just looking like I got nothing to my name. And I read this verse in 1 John, and it says this, that that we can love because what? He first loved us. And I start to read this story, and I close my eyes for a second, and I start to look at this. And and, and what I I do is I start to personalize this, and I realize that, you know what? I might not ever have the opportunity to be the Samaritan, but I can accept the Samaritan's love. When I read this story, I, I start to guess, and I start to look at this, and I say, you know what? I think this is a perfect example of who Jesus is. I think Jesus put himself in the story. I think Jesus put himself in the story because we read this and I'm like, man, that's so good. That's so perfect. That screams the gospel. That he went and he took care of somebody who didn't deserve it. He went and paid for something that that it wasn't his. He, He helped somebody who wouldn't help him. That screams the gospel. And I look at that and I say, you know what? I can still be the traveler, be loved by the Samaritan, and still help somebody get back up. Why? Because I can love people right when I understand that I first was loved right by Jesus, yeah, that I first was loved perfect, that I first was received his perfect love so that I can uh, try to give it back the same way. You see, I look at this story, and, and the, the, the first guy is, is, is the traveler, and and, and, and I think we can relate to that the easiest because there are moments in your life, and it doesn't have to be your whole life. Maybe some of your life feels like the traveler. Maybe there's an area of your life that you feel robbed and broken and beat up in. And I think some of us have looked to things like church and religion and processes and self-help books to help us, and none of it has done anything. We look at it, and we're like, this is supposed to do something. We just see it cross to the other side of the road, and I'm like, what, what's going on? You're supposed to help me. And without even paying attention, we look, and sometimes Jesus walks right up. Not sometimes, all the time. Yeah. You just got to open up your eyes to see it and receive it. He walks right up to you to get you back up on your feet. He goes on, and he talks about another person in the story, and I, I, I've listened to a lot of sermons, right? It's, it's kind of an addiction, <laughs> right and, and and I've listened to a lot, and I've heard this story a bunch i i I grew up in church, right my parents, like I said before, forced me to go to church as a kid, right so I've heard this story thousands of times. I have never once heard anybody talk about the innkeeper and, and i'm I'm reading this story, and I'm asking God to like really show me some things differently, like I understand like I love reading the Bible, and we can you know every message in the world has been preached before because it's just like there's it's, it's, just, it's just reality. And so I was like, God, show me something different. And, and, and I was reading this, and I don't know if you've ever done this, and you asked God to show you something different. I was reading this, and the innkeeper just, like, kept popping out of my face. I'm like, what, what is about this dude? What is about this dude? And I put up this. Can we put up the last part of this? It's, I think it's, um, I don't have it written in my notes, but it's the last part. And he says this, that he went and he gave him to the innkeeper saying this, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I'll repay you when I come back. I, I think if we read this and we don't pay attention to this, we'll cross right over it. Because I don't know if you've ever been to a hotel. I don't think there's ever been a moment where you just walked up to them and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let somebody else stay in my room, and I'll be back in like a few weeks. If he spends anything, I'm go for it. Don't worry about it. No, they're like, no, we want a credit card on file, a blood sample, your home physical address. We want everything. Because if you even take a peanut, we're going to charge you 25 bucks. Like, But you read this story, he's just like, hey, I'm good for it. I'll be back later. You know what that shows me? That this isn't the first time the Samaritan and the innkeeper have had a relationship. This isn't the first time that this has happened. This isn't the first time that the Samaritan has brought somebody to this inn. This, This isn't the first time that they've done this before. There's relationship in this story. That if we just open up our eyes, we can read it. Like th- This right here, he went up and he said, guess what? I got this guy to the point that I know I can get him to. I'm passing him off to you now. You, you take care of him. You get him up on his feet. You get him restored. You get him back to where he needs to be and then send him out because I'm going to go get another one. I'm going to go back out onto that road. This road that they say from, from, from Jericho, That this was a road that this happened constantly. This this stuff happened all the time. And so this Samaritan knew that I just got to cross this road a couple times. I got to go restock some supplies. I'm going right back out of that road. I'm going to get another one. Because there's seven or eight more inns that I know just got started because I'm going to send somebody to him. I've got relationships with everybody in this town because I am feeding people, people who need to get back up. I am feeding people, people that are hurt, that are broken. If you take a second... So what I want you to do. Take a second and really think about what you've experienced at church. Some of you have been to church for years. Some of you have been to church all your life. Some of you, this is the first time you've ever walked in, but you know a lot about it. Can I just tell you, erase all those thoughts from your mind. You know what we're called to be? An inn for hurting people. We are called to be innkeepers in God's house. We are called to take the people that are hurt that are broken, that have been jumped, that have been stripped naked, who feel embarrassed about their things they're going to, not look at them and judge them, but to take them in and say, you know what? I know you're good for it. We're good. I'll get him back to where he needs to go. That's your job. Your job every day is to be the innkeeper for Jesus. Your job every day is to look for hurting people and say, you know what? I can get this guy back on his feet. Because guess what? If I, if I can get him back up on his feet doing what I can do, guess what? Another inn gets open. You see how I didn't say another church? I said another inn gets open. Your house, your life, your, your community, your family can be an inn for broken people. Can we just get to a point in our lives where our first option is not to bring somebody to church? What if we brought somebody into our home and restored them there? Church is great. Listen, I'm all for it. Trust me. I'm giving my life for this. But I just want to see this thing grow the way it's supposed to be. And I just can't help to believe that this story screams the process of how we're supposed to help people. Good. To build them up, to be a transfer, a conduit of saying, you know what, God? I can take it from here. Because guess what? I was a traveler once. I was that man robbed and I was broken and I was laying on that street left for dead. And somebody came and took care of me. Just because you first loved me, now I can love the way you're supposed to. Let's all stand. I'm telling you, this is hard. This isn't easy. I love that saying, if it was easy, everybody could do it. And that's so true. If it was easy, anybody could do this thing. If, if it was easy, we wouldn't have any hurting people. If it was easy, we would have, we would have no hospitals. We would have no need for, for diver, diverse attorney, divorce attorneys. We'd have no need for lawyers. Like, we, like literally, we would put people out of business if this was easy, but this is hard. It's hard to put other people's needs in front of you. That's why he's trying to justify it. And if I could just maybe get it down to one person and not so many people, I could do one person. But Jesus is like, guess what? Everybody you come in contact with is your neighbor. So get ready to get busy. Get ready to get vulnerable. Get ready to get excited. Get ready to start doing things you never thought you would because guess what? We need more ends. We need more ends. We need more people who says, you know what, Jesus? Go get another one. I'll take this one from here. You go get another one. I'm going to handle this one. Because the same thing you did for me, I'm going to help him. I'm going to close with this. This is why at the beginning of this, I was, I was pushing. I was pushing this thought of don't say that you'll never do something. Because I was thinking about this story, and, 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 and I'm going to take just a, you, you, can, you can yell at me later, but I'm just going to take a little bit of a back story to this thing. I'm just going to go off where I think God's wanting to take this. I, I honestly believe that the Samaritan could have taken him to a couple different ends. I'm thinking the Samaritan had a couple different options of, of, of who was open and who could have helped this out. But, but I, I honestly believe that this innkeeper knew that the story that that innkeeper went through would match the story that this guy just experienced. And he matched these two people up because he says, you know what? What he went through is going to help this guy get back up. The only way that can happen is when the innkeeper gets a little bit vulnerable and says, you know what? This ain't my story. This is our story. And what I've gone through, if I just let it be what I went through and I don't tell anybody else, then I went through all that struggle and all that pain for no reason at all. But if I can use what I went through, if I can use my pains, I can use my current struggles to help somebody get back up on their feet, then I love this part. What does it say? Jesus says, I'll come back and I'll repay you anything and everything that was taken. I'll cover it all. I'll cover it all. You may never get a reward here. You may never get a thank you here. You may never get a well done pat on the back where you're at, but guess what? Your reward is coming. Your thank you is coming. That pat on the back is not for here. That pat on the back is when you stand in front of glory and Jesus looks down on you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Your inn was open. You took care of the people I asked you to do. You once was a traveler, but now you're an innkeeper. Well done. You got it thank you. Now enter into your reward. Go and celebrate, because you did everything you were supposed to do here. You moved with compassion. It cost you something, but you cared for the ones that you were in relationship with. we just bow our heads and close our eyes? See, here's the thing. This message isn't for somebody to just relate to. This is, this is a decree from God to say, listen, this is a wake-up moment. This is a moment to say, you know what? If I want to see some things change in my life, I might need to start changing some people's lives. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than what I'm going through. And I'm not going to just sit around and wait for somebody else to solve my problems. I'm going to go seek to help and love people. And guess what? God will take care of the rest. Put it to your task. All he needs is a willing heart. I'm looking across this room with heads bowed and eyes closed, and I'm seeing stories. I'm seeing innkeepers. I'm seeing people who once, once in their life was beat up and broken, but now I'm seeing people with a smile on their face, with purpose in their hearts, with passion and compassion in their souls that are moving towards destiny. And all it takes is absolute, complete surrender. You know, oh God, it's not my story anymore. It's yours. It's not my house, it's an end for hurting people. It's not my donkey, it's his donkey. It's not my bandages, it's his bandages. Because it doesn't help me anymore. My life is to help people. Who's my neighbor? The people out there. So my prayer today is not. If you feel good, if you feel like you wanna join the cause, raise your hand. My, my, my prayer today is a call to action to everybody. To say you're a Christian and hear this message and walk out of there and live this life the same way you walked in, you, you didn't get it. Watch it again. Go home and 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 watch it again until it clicks until you get a splagness of mayhe in your stomach, a movement from your bowels that says, you know what, I've got this burning desire and I can't live for me any longer. I've got to live for people. So here's my call to action. Here's my call to action. We're gonna sing this song one last time. We're gonna sing this song one more time. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm not going to ask you to, to sing this song out loud. What I'm going to ask you to do is spend some thought time with you and Jesus right here and right now, and prepare your hearts and your minds for what's about to happen. But before we jump into this, this is all I want us to say. God, let's say this all out loud. God, I'm ready. Use me today. Use me today. Use me, today. Use me Today. Today, come on, let's sing it out to him. Come on, I want you to get sloppy singing with this. Get loud, get emotional. We can't get emotional in here. We ain't stand a chance out there. Come on, sing it out. How do I do it you got me excited I'm pumped up I'm ready I could run through a wall right now woo let's do it but how simple I think you might have missed it if you're asking yourself that question it says this right here you will love the Lord your God with what all your heart all your soul all your strength and all your mind when that takes an effect in your life you won't have to ask questions You you won't have this, what am I supposed to do? You'll know, because he's consumed all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. You'll never have to ask a question, God, can you you give me some faith to do it? Why? Because he's already got all your strength. You never have to ask him, how am I going to do this? He's got all your mind. He's He's got all your will. He's got everything. So you will stop asking questions, and you'll just do. But he has to have all of it. He has to have it all. And if it's been a struggle for this long, and I'm, I'm, I'm being real, this has been a struggle for me. I, I look and I go, what, what if people think of me weird? Who cares? We're on Facebook right now. There's probably a thousand people that are gonna watch this video in the next week. Guess what? I love Jesus and I'm crazy. <laughs> that sounds like a really good campaign we should all join. Go home tonight and tweet that out. Everybody will look at you weird, right? But Who cares? If he's got all of you, you won't care about people what they think about you. Those are the people who just walk to the other side. You're the one walking towards people. You could reverse it and say, "Your job is to do this. Why am I doing it? And that's what God wants is all of you. Make that your New Year's resolution. You probably already failed what you already thought you were going to do. It's okay. So did I. I actually didn't even start. I gave up early. <laughs> I never finish these things anyway. This is a waste of time. Let's just all make a new resolution today. This is one we should have made a long time ago. That today we're going to love God with everything. Because through that process of loving God with everything, everything we just talked about today comes with it. We won't have to ask questions. We won't have to try to figure things out. We'll just move towards hurting people because that's what God wants. And I can't ask you to do it. I can't force you to do it. If I could, I'd try already. <laughs> I just want us to get to a point where that's our heartbeat. Just to wake up tomorrow and find somebody to get back up on their feet. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now, Lord, for every single person in here, Lord. Father, you know their hearts and you know their struggles, Father. So, Father, we ask you today to align our pains and our struggles and what we're going through to help somebody get back up. Connect our stories today, Lord. Lord, let us realize that the hurts and the pains and the ups and the downs of our life weren't for nothing. It's for someone. So God, I ask you today, give us an opportunity. God, I'm not gonna ask for strength and courage, Lord. I'm gonna ask for just all of us to have all of you so that you can have all of us you have all of us, all that added to it. So God, we seek your face today, Lord. We seek your heart now, Father, so that we can be your hands and your feet tomorrow and today and for the rest of our lives. Father, we just thank you for what you've done in our hearts, Lord, and what you're going to continue to do in our lives. Before we end this service, with every head bowed and every eye closed and everybody's watching on Facebook and watching that at a later date. You might heard this story and the only thing that stuck out to you was feeling like that traveler. Lost, broken, beaten, left for dead on the side of the road. And all your life, you've seen religion and people walk right past you. Today, Jesus is walking right to you. He's walking right up to you. He's got his hands stretched out. And the only thing that's separating you from where you're at now to the end is just an outstretched hand. A hand that's not focused on what you're going through currently. Everything that's inside of who Jesus is. So if every head bowed and every eye closed, it's at you today and you felt abandoned and lost, to tell you there's some good news. Jesus loves you. We love you. And we're crazy. We're crazy to get you to the presence of Jesus. We'll do anything, anything, to get you to the presence of God. So if you're watching on Facebook, we've got a team on there currently right now that will chat with you. If you want to accept Christ, we will stop everything we are, are currently doing to get that into your hands. But if you're in here today, I want to pray with you. So if your heavy head bowed and every eye closed lifted you today and you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're ready to receive the free gift of eternal life, I just ask you to slip your hand up right where you're at. No matter what you're going through, Jesus loves you. Amen. I'm going to say this prayer and if you're saying this for the first time, congratulations. I mean this in your heart. Father, come into my life. Let's all say this together. Jesus. Come into my life. Be the King and the Lord of my heart. I repent, I turn away. I'll live every day for you. Jesus, I believe that you died for me and rose three days later. I'll live every day for you. God, I thank you for every single person that said that prayer today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just begin to minister to them and change them, Lord. I pray that during this preparation of getting back up on their feet, Lord, that you restore them and put them in an inn that will take care of them, that take care of them, and take care of them until they're ready, Lord. Father, I thank you for those hearts and what you did today, Lord. Father, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If this message impacted you in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email at info at u.church. Also, if you need prayer about anything, we'd love to pray with you. We have a team sitting, waiting to pray with you. Click that link below at u.church forward slash prayer to submit your prayer request. But finally, we'd love to connect with you. Hit the subscribe button right below so that we can learn and do life together and so we can stay connected.